The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for immature adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. thing my grandfather ever said to me okay he said um you're still holding that ladder right and then that was it yeah yeah all she wrote yeah gravity yep god's bullet god's bullet very touching thanks for sharing that had another relative told me that i rely too much on technology so I made sure I was the one that pulled the fucking plug. Wow. Now who's relying on technology? Am I yeah. right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Last thing I said to him, I was like, you're a fucking hypocrite. Pull it. <laughs> Those are absolutely awful jokes. I told him to unplug it and then plug it back in, see if it works. A hard reset? If you, yeah, give him a hard reset. <laughs> We're going to control alt delete his ass. Unplug. <laughs> plug in. <laughs> hey, wake up. You, you there? Nope. Shit. Worth a try. <laughs> Worthy attempt. Yeah. A for effort. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi. Welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. My name's Erica, joined by my husband and co-host, Billy. Hi. And tonight, we're actually not going to be drunkenly discussing anything. Well, I'm not. I gotta go to bed soon. But it's Easter Sunday, and we just returned from a family function, so had to be sober. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, oh, Billy, stop trying to fight everybody. He's drunk again. Yeah. You know. Quit taking all the eggs, Erica. Those are for the kids. Oh, quick quick side note, little thing here is um, I recently had to change stores. Mm-hmm. So now I'm at the store that's by campus, and um, so I traded in um, meth pipes and heroin needles for um, hipsters and fake IDs. Not fake IDs, but the chicks who can't even. Oh, yeah, but um, UGG boots, UGG boots, and yeah. something that ends with chinos, <laughs> pumpkin spice lattes, and vanilla chino frappuccino thingies. Yeah, yeah. And fireball. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, I forgot that people do adult Easter egg hunts. I went through so many 50 milliliter shots. People are getting like 20 or 30 at a time. And they're trying to third person. I was like, wait. I said, I hope you don't mind my asking. I said, are you doing an Easter egg hunt? And she's like, yeah, it's with my kids. And I was like, okay. And then I started noticing, like, we went through a whole bunch because they're doing Easter egg hunts with uh, little booze inside the eggs. Hmm. But that's pretty pretty neat. How big are the eggs that they're getting, though? Oh, I don't know. The shots really aren't that big, though. You can fit them in there, clearly. So. Not a regular size one. I don't know. I don't know. Go to Pinterest. I don't fucking know. The answers are on Pinterest? The answer to anything you need in life is on fucking Pinterest. I wouldn't know. I'm not on Pinterest. I am. Got a count and everything. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, so yes, as I said, we are joining you on this Easter Sunday. Um, we've had to push some things back, and we just got some new furniture, and it's been busy, so we're doing this like the last possible minute. <laughs> Thanks, tax check. Yeah, tax check went to good use this year. 
Um, but it's kind of put us behind on everything else as far as time. And I'm going to doctor's appointments left and right and doing physical therapy for my back. And it's just been kind of busy. So, And I've been playing video games. Uh, yeah, it's very important that you do that. Says the woman who plays Candy Crush every five minutes. I don't play Candy Crush anymore. Oh, oh, anymore. You're a gamer, too. You just don't want to admit it. Yeah, you used to play Candy Crush, too. Yeah. Until I got to the last level and beat it. Yeah, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm going to have to hang this up for a while. This will be me drinking. I know I've said it on here before. But yeah, they can't see you holding the beer. This will be one of the last <laughs> times for a while that I'll be drinking because I'm trying to get in shape for next summer. Because next summer, where are we going? Florida. Miami. <laughs> Florida, the place we really talk shit a lot on, on Patreon. If you're yeah. on Patreon, you would fucking know. We, yeah. You know what's crazy is all the weird shit that goes on in Florida. Everybody who hears it, they're like, yeah, it's Florida. But anybody from Florida is like, yeah, we get it. Like, nobody really takes offense. Like, hey, come on, quit talking shit about Florida. Everybody's like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Got some weird people. Either that or they're just highlighting the really weird stories that happen to be from Florida and not the really weird stories from anywhere else. I just hope when the zombie apocalypse starts, it starts in Florida, not to take out people who live in Florida, but I'm pretty sure the people in Florida would squash that shit quick. <laughs> they won't get, those zombies will not get far if that shit know. pops off They might Florida. be busy aggressively eating pasta and it was, outside an olive garden. Yeah. So You'd have to go on that. our Patreon for that. Yeah. What's right above Florida? Is it Alabama or Georgia? Both. Which one's next? They're both right above it. See, that's again. They'd have the zombies would have to make it through there. If it started in the south, the zombies ain't gonna make it very far. I think it's Georgia that's directly above, and then Alabama's kind of northwest. But didn't the Walking Dead? I start don't in Georgia? know. I'm not a. Oh well. Not a cartographer. I don't make maps. We make podcasts. Let's get started. Yeah. So. Totally didn't plan for this to happen, but our topic today is quite fitting, being Easter Sunday and all. Yeah. And uh, didn't even think about it when I started doing the research about, you know, what time it'd be coming out around. But uh, we're going to talk about some crucifixion this evening. But we're talking about the execution itself. Yeah, could be one of the longest and most torturous deaths that anyone could succumb to. Now, chances are that everyone listening has heard about the most famous crucifixion of all, that of Jesus Christ. And whether you believe Jesus was a real person who met this fate, no one can argue that it would be a horrible way to go. And since horrible is what we do, we're going to break down all the grisly history and details of the actual punishment for you this week. Yeah, so we're not really going to be dipping our toes a whole lot into Christianity. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll... touch on it a little bit but i mean like i said we're going over the actual execution method exactly itself um but yeah if you're christian and this offends you i get it it's easter yeah i get it well you guys won't be hearing this on easter but we're recording it on easter and well (laughs) in our defense we i i pitched this like last year yeah so yeah this has been something that's been just happenstance Waiting on the board. And actually, we're doing this one in lieu of another one that's going to take a lot of work mm-hmm. to do. The next episode is going to be a doozy, and it's going to take a lot of a lot of work. There's a lot of sound bites and stuff that we want to quote and use, and so we realized we just did not have enough time to do that one, so we did this one instead. We'll get to it. But going back to crucifixion. It is used as a form of capital punishment done publicly to dissuade others from committing crimes similar to those that the crucified person committed. Makes me think of William Wallace, how they put his head on a pike to show, like, hey, this is what happens, you know. Yeah. Fuck with us, we'll do this to you. It is intended to be a humiliating, slow, and painful death, and is where we get the word excruciating from, which means out of crucifying. I didn't know that. Yep. Neat. There are multiple methods of crucifixion, but it basically is nailing or tying a person to a large cross, beam, or tree, some type of wooden structure, and leaving them there to die slowly, sometimes taking days. And I thought it was worth noting that although this is supposed to be punishment for criminals, 
Many sources refer to the people being crucified as victims. So that says a lot about it. <laughs> but even if something kills you, aren't you the victim, regardless of if you're a bad person or not? You're yeah, still the but victim. The, the choice that they deliberately made them the victim, you don't say the victim of the gas chamber, victim of the electric but chair. But couldn't you? That's what, you? That's what I'm getting at. You probably could, but... It's kind of an odd verbiage to use. I'm just going to put this out now that um, you're going to hear a lot of fart sounds. I just noticed that. We got a new kitchen table, a new kitchen set, and this the, the, this, like, this leather seat. Mm-hmm. Look, look, look. I can't help that. Yep. <laughs> it's not me. It's not fabric seats that we had before. You know what? So. You keep going. I'm going to strip down. I'm going to, put, I'm going to take my shorts off. I bet you it's the, 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 the material doing it. Keep going. Carry on. Why would the material be doing it? No, just wait. I got this. Yeah, doesn't make any difference. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Okay, so people have been crucified for thousands of years, predating Rome even. Persians, Carthaginians, and Macedonians all used it, but Greece typically opposed the practice, feeling it was too barbaric. I get it. But when Rome formed, they were totally down to crucify. (laughs) They were like, oh yeah. That's my jam. (laughs) It was originally reserved for slaves, but eventually grew to include punishment for any criminals, pirates, or enemies of the state. Following the Third Servile War in 73-71 to BC, which was... The slave rebellion under Spartacus, 6,000 of Spartacus's followers were hunted down and crucified. Wait, Spartacus was real? Yeah. Oh. And um, 6,000 crucifixions, I mean, that had to do something to Earth's ecosystem because that's a lot of fucking wood being used to stick people to. Mm-hmm. And Roman soldiers would even crucify criminals in varying positions as a form of amusement, you know, because... Regular old crucifixion wasn't amusing enough. Well, I mean, if your job gets boring, you gotta spice it up. I guess. Rome's first Christian emperor, Constantine the Great, eventually abolished the practice in 337 AD out of veneration for Jesus. Now, despite all of this pin the person on the stick going on, there's actually only one archaeological discovery of a crucified person that dates back to the Roman Empire around the time Jesus was said to be crucified. And there are a few reasons why that is. Firstly, since the person was left to die and usually decayed on the poster cross, there wouldn't really be anything left. There weren't any preserved remains. The only reason that this single person's remains were preserved was because they were given a customary burial by their family, which was unusual at the time. He was a man named Hehohanan, the son of Hagakol, as was written on the ossuary he was found in. He was found in 1968 in Jerusalem with a nail driven through one of his heel bones, which is another rare find. It's believed that iron was rare in Roman times and that the nails used were removed after death to conserve costs. The tip of the nail in this man's heel bone, though, was bent in such a way that it was unable to be removed, which is probably why only one nail was found. So other bodies may have been found, but not necessarily with evidence of crucifixion having taken place, you know, such as finding a presence of nails. But this is the only confirmed one that they could find from around the time of Jesus Christ when he is supposed to have lived and been crucified. The heel is dense, too. That would... Yeah. Ow. <laughs> I mean, a nail going in you anywhere would not be the best. You wouldn't have a good day. But the heel, mm-hmm. you'd have to really drive that fucker in there to just, ow. And while we're talking nails, let's just go ahead and talk about some of the different methods of crucifixion. And then we'll come back to other societies that have used or still use crucifixion. And yes, it is still legal in some places. So we'll start with the basic standard Roman crucifixion. That's kind of the go-to kind when it comes to crucifixion talk. It's what you think of. Because they're, you... they're down. They're all about it. Yeah. Plus, Christianity. People wear it around their necks. Like, it's just a standard. That's what you think of when you think of crucifixion. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. 
Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. All right, so... Romans didn't reserve crucifixion just for men. Women and children were crucified as well. By Roman law, if a slave killed his or her master, the punishment was crucifixion for all of that master's slaves. All of them? One ruins it for everybody. Man. A man with over 400 slaves was once killed by one of them, and the Senate tried to prevent the slaves' executions because so many were women and children. I mean... Out of 400, you'd imagine there's got to be a whole different variety, men, women, and children. But, like I said, Romans were all about that pin the person on the stick, and all of them were crucified. All 400 plus. In Rome, there were specialized crucifixion teams made of soldiers. Like a platoon of crucifixion, like you're the platoon unit? Yeah. Oh, wow. They would first strip the condemned man, woman, or child down as a form of humiliation from being exposed. They were then scourged, which historically means they were whipped. Today, scourging is anything that causes great pain or suffering, but speaking historically, scourging was to whip them. And whipping ain't no joke. If you've seen um, what Billy would call a wonderful documentary, The Passion of the Christ... (laughs) That one kind of is a documentary, really. Uh, Then you have an idea. I saw that, and they tuned him up. Yeah. They tuned him up. I don't know if it was the whip. uh, Yeah, oh, sorry. Spoilers. I don't know if it was the whip or the cat of nine, but the one that hit him on the side, and when he pulled back, it just ripped his fuck. I saw that. I was like, oh, come on. We get it. Yeah. The whip would split the skin, causing immense pain and significant bleeding, sometimes leaving the person nearly in shock. The bloodied person was then usually made to carry the patibulum, or the horizontal crossbeam of the cross, to the execution site. They would be led through the crowd of streets, naked and bloodied, wearing a signboard with their name and crime written on it for further humiliation. So is that where that whole, your cross to bear? Exactly. Comes from? What makes this exceptionally bad is that these beams usually weighed around 100 pounds or 45 kilograms and the wood wasn't a nice, smooth, varnished wood. So as the person would drag the heavy beam behind them, propped against their back, splinters would dig into all of the wounds that were open from the whipping. Like grating it. That's a hard walk. The execution sites were very public and there were often established grounds specifically for crucifixions where a vertical pole, called the stipes, would already be permanently embedded in the ground. Sometimes the gibbet, which is whatever the crucifixion was carried out on, whether it's a pole or a tree, some type of wooden structure where the crucifixion took place, sometimes it would just be a vertical pole itself, which would save the condemned from having to lug a beam to their execution. Oh, that's so nice of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, you're already going through enough, buddy. We got this one. (laughs) If the execution site wasn't one of those established places that already had a pole, the cross would be fastened together, usually in what we typically think of for crosses, a lowercase t, but some would be like a capital T. Only then would the person be affixed on it. But if it was a place with the stipes already sticking in the ground, things went a little more painfully. With their arms outstretched to the sides, the condemned would be nailed through the wrists to the crossbeam. The beam would then be hoisted up with ropes, with the person hanging full weight from their impaled wrists, while the crossbeam and vertical beam were fastened together. 
The legs were attached in varying ways. The knees could be bent, allowing the feet to sit flat against the vertical post, with the nails going through the tops of the feet. That's typically what you see in drawings or statues of Jesus, sometimes with a small shelf-like piece jutting out for the feet to sit upon. Does that help? It seems like that makes you put more weight on the nail if your knees were bent. Something about that seems like it'd be more painful. Yeah, you you aren't able to hold be, yourself up as... I would rather just be stretched out tight, because if I let my weight go... If I relax myself, I'm putting more pressure against the nail that's in my heel. Either way, you're going to be putting pressure on something. I know. I don't know. Many times, though, as was the case with good old Heho Hannon, the ankles were placed along each side of the pole, and nails were driven in through the side of the heel or ankle. Ah... Yeah. Ah. And it generally was done mostly this way. To Ick. keep Yeah. <laughs> to keep the crucified person from being able to pull the head of the nail through the hole in their leg, oftentimes a piece of wood was placed on the outside of the leg, so the nail would go through the wood first before going into the leg. That way they weren't able to just pull the nail through the hole in their foot. Could you imagine being turned into a hinge? <laughs> This was the case for Heo Hannon as, as well, uh, as a piece of acacia wood was found between the nail and his heel bone. The nails were actually iron spikes, similar to railroad ties. They were 5 to 7 inches long, or 13 to 18 centimeters, tapered to a point at one end, with a square shaft 3 eighths inch or 1 centimeter thick at the other end. Yeah, that's a chisel. Basically. Yeah, so it's not a rounded nail like you think of, it's square. Uh, oh. Yeah. As a final touch, the signboard that they had worn would be attached to the cross to make sure everyone knew who the condemned was and what they were condemned for. Of course, there are variations on this basic crucifixion. Sometimes they were crucified head down. Yes. Sometimes the cross was an X shape. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there would be a small seat under the buttocks that would prevent the asphyxiation that would happen from their hanging body weight, which we'll talk more about in a minute. And some scholars think that some of those seats may have been pointed, designed to press into the genitals or ass, furthering the torture. Yeah, I mean, why not at this fucking point, right? (laughs) And um, I, I haven't had a chance to read further, but if I'm not mistaken, I mentioned it earlier, isn't there a type of crucifixion where it's just a pole? Yes. Just one straight pole and like your hand... That's top. what I said earlier, is if it's just the single pole, oh. they don't have to carry the crossbeam because there isn't a crossbeam. Yeah, because that's a form, is to just be, mm-hmm. just to fuck spreading your arms out, you just put your arms over your head, yeah. and then we'll nail them in. Exactly. Either way, it's a hard Wednesday mm-hmm. to have. Or Tuesday, or Friday, or any day of the week that ends in Y. You're going to, it's going to be, um, just to have a hearty breakfast, I think, is really, mm. that's what you guys should take away from this. Have a hearty breakfast. That'll just prolong your suffering because you'll live longer. I don't know. know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, find the silver lining in this fuck. Uh, uh, Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) Egos are really good. and They didn't have egos back in these times. Waffles are great. Waffles weren't around either. Um, They had fish. Fish and... So, okay, well, okay. Bread. Let, let's say around this time, let's, let's, let, like in terms of Jesus, okay, uh, Jesus was Jewish. Um, hummus and bread and fish. Get it, get it all in. It's the most important meal of the day. Right, because that's what they're thinking about. I really like this beer. <laughs> this is tasty. This is a new one. I like this. Uh, so yeah, sometimes uh. They just had to put a little point up in your taint just to make it a little bit worse. And you know that was pitched and nobody rejected it. You know, like, like, hmm, yes, I see. They're like, okay, we already got him hammered and nailed to it. And Craig, I like the whole thing with the feet on the side of the the post, you know, I like that. And they're they're whipped. They're naked. Really like it. The humiliation with the sign. Mm-hmm. Your guys' heads are in the right spot, but what else? <laughs> yes, Frank. Let's shove a spike up their ass. There it is. There it is. Frank is now VP. No, Ted's VP because then he says, "Hey, you know what? 
Let's hit their legs with an iron rod and shatter the bones. You're, I mean, you're already there. (laughs) You had me at shatter. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hit them really hard and shatter their bones. And the boss was like, get out of my brain. What are you doing? (laughs) Yes, yes. Make it happen. That is awful. That's awful. Could you be, could you imagine being that person's family? And you're already seeing them go through all that. And then uh-huh. you see the soldiers look at each other and shrug and get iron rods and start hitting his fucking knees. Yeah. Ah. They would do that. They would hit them with iron rods and shatter the bones. And this is where the asphyxiation comes into play. So breaking the leg bones would be absolutely excruciating. This is excruciating. I mean, the, the fact that everything said is worse. Everything says worse. Like you just said, okay, and here's where the asphyxiation comes in. It's like, oh, great. <laughs> cool. Now we're on to this. Yeah. Um, I've heard leg bone breaks are pretty painful. And uh, if they're being shattered and not just one single fracture, I can only imagine that would be 10 times more painful. I have a question. This is a real question here. Uh, every question is a real question. Some of them are stupid. Some of them aren't. But But they're real. They are real. Yeah. Actually, curious question here. At what point... Isn't every question curious? Yes. <laughs> and real? Yes. Could you just shut up? Real curious? Just shut up. <laughs> just shut up. Okay. <laughs> At what point would you go into shock? You would think as soon as the nails went into your hands. You would think as soon as you started getting whipped, your body would start conserving its own inner, like a fight or flight type of thing. And you'd start going into shock. Well, that would also depend on the person. It would depend on how much blood they've lost. It would depend on how much pain they could tolerate. Um, if they're hydrated, dehydrated, you know, there's a lot of different factors that go into that. I mean, you would think when they're hitting them with the fucking iron rods at some point, there's like, Jeff, this is, we're working harder than we need to. He's not even... He's staring off right now. He didn't even scream. Watch. Look. Yep. I don't think he's feeling this anymore. I want to read about an ancient Roman named Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and not Claudius or Socrates. Oh, sorry. I didn't use the full name. Jeffius. All right, Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, okay. Starting to think we should stop bashing his knees. First of all, we've turned his knees into fucking powder. And um, he stopped screaming 45 minutes ago. I feel like we're just practicing for baseball. Yeah, Jeffrey, it's a thing. And um, I'm starting to think I got a good swing. I'm pretty good at it. But his, I want to hear about the ancient Roman art of baseball but, with a player named Jeff. But his mother has not broke eye contact with me <laughs> since. And she is fuming. Look at her. Don't look now. Look. Look. She is angry. And I am tired. I don't know about your shoulders, Jeffrey. But my shoulders are burning right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm being tortured. Am I right? <laughs> Who's punishing who? That's the question. So, <laughs> but seriously, at some point, their body would just start shutting down. Yeah. Well, like I said, sometimes the whippings would be so bad. They were almost in a state of shock, if not in shock, just from the whippings. At some point, I have a feeling I know me well enough. Not to sound like I'm a badass, but at some point, I would start laughing. After I got the whipping, and they're like, carry this to your death. I'm like, <laughs> Why the fuck not? Why wouldn't this happen? Yeah, give it here. And they're like, all right, we're going to nail you to this. Well, of course you fucking are. I only carried it all the way up here. I'd refuse to carry it. I'd be like, no, you can just kill me right here. I know. Do whatever you got to do right here. <laughs> you just put your hands by your shoulders like, what are you going to fucking do? You're going to fucking kill me? Ooh. <laughs> Look at the big bag man. Make it's like me those carry a big stick. They always, you know, have in the movies where they dig your own grave. Fuck no. Fuck you. If you're going to kill me, I'm going to make you do the work. Fucking die anyway. <laughs> Stupid ass. I'd be like, yeah, hand me the shovel. And then I'd fucking fight for my life. <laughs> kind of reminds me, this is kind of off topic, but on topic. This um, awesome documentary called uh, Lucky Number Slevin. And um, who's gassy now? I'm a bit gassy. <laughs> and um, you have uh, Slevin Calegri, I think his name is. And then you have the boss who's played by Morgan Freeman. And he's getting him to kill somebody for him to pay back a debt. And he, they, were, they were playing chess or something. And then, like, um, Slevin is always talking, not talking shit, but he's very nonchalant about it. He says he suffers from um, ataraxia, I think it's called. Um, 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 f- uh, freedom of fear or worry. 
And that's why he's so chill through the movie. And they were playing and, and then like he said something and Morgan Freeman was like, you know, you walk in here, you know, shooting your mouth off. Like you don't give a fuck if it gets shot off. And I'll never forget it because, and then he looked at me and said, you can only kill me once. And I was like, yeah, he's, I mean, he has a point. Then Morgan Freeman came back. He was like, well, I said, I have to do it quick. And I was like, good retort. Yep. That's yep. <laughs> yeah. So back to breaking the legs. Like those videos. Remember the video of the guys that have to dig their own graves in Brazil? That's what I just and, said. I know. But then they lay down in them and stuff. You know, uh-huh. at some point I would turn around like digging with some guy, you know, in South America too. So I'd be like, hey, Paul, <laughs> I think here in a minute I'm going to take this fucking bat and hit that bitch in his fucking kneecaps. What's he going to fucking do? Shoot me? I'm pretty sure he's going to make yeah. me lay down and he's going to fucking shoot me. He's going to earn it. Yeah, I ain't digging shit. Yeah, fuck hyphen you. You can hand me the shovel and I'll act like I'm going to, but then I'm not going to. (laughs) Surprise! Watch how many times I'm going to need a fucking water break. (laughs) (laughs) Did you imagine having to dig your own grave? You're like, whew, parched. I wish I had some (laughs) lemonade. (laughs) Ah, the sun is so close to my head. (laughs) Throw some water. Anybody? Agua? Agua? You with the gun? (laughs) How about you with the gun? Anybody? All right, so, yeah, breaking the legs would be excruciating and would seem to be exceptionally cruel, but it may have actually been an act of mercy. By breaking the legs, the person would only have their arms to hold up their body weight, and their arms were most likely nailed through the wrists or forearms as the hands would be too fragile to hold that much weight. Yeah, your your, uh, metatarsals or your phalanges. It would rip mm-hmm. right through. But going in between those wrist bones, forearm bones, that's that would anchor you. Yeah. And it would make it more difficult for the condemned to free their arms, as pulling a hand off of a nail would be much easier to do due to the space between the bones, mm-hmm. rather than trying to pull your whole arm off of a nail. But back to the asphyxiation. <laughs> Sorry to keep you all waiting about the asphyxiation. The other horrible part. As the body starts to sag from the body weight, the arms are pulled farther up and away, making the chest cavity widen. I knew this. Can I say it? No, you say it. Well, you can easily do a simple recreation of this by putting one of your hands on the opposite side of your rib cage. Go ahead, Billy. Putting one? What? Yeah. Take your hand, cross it over. I'm doing it. Now lift up the arm on the side of the ribs that you're holding, and you can feel the ribs move up, which widens the lung space. Yep. This makes it great for taking large breaths in, but makes it more difficult to exhale because the muscles used to expel the air are held taut because of the body's position. Yeah. I guess a good way to, to test that theory, please don't crucify yourself, but I guess <laughs> go, to a, go to a pull-up bar, hang, and start breathing in, and notice how easy it is to breathe in, but breathing out is going to be, you have to push the air out. Yeah. This leads to a buildup of carbon dioxide in the body because it can't be exhaled fully. Now, as a nurse, I've seen firsthand what a person in respiratory failure with a high CO2 level does. They breathe rapidly, in this case, try to breathe rapidly, and become very confused and disoriented and will eventually become drowsy or lose consciousness. Is that what the oxygen does to the brain? Too much of it? The CO2. CO2, okay. It's the CO2 building up because you can't exhale it out. Ah. So the high CO2 level makes you loopy. So in a way, breaking the legs will lead to asphyxiation, which is a much faster way to go than wasting away for several days with open wounds and spikes through your extremities. They would usually die within an hour as their tissues would become acidic from the CO2 and begin to destroy their own cells. If they were lucky, the stress on the body would cause the heart to overcompensate, leading to... Heart failure. That's the number one killer of everything on the planet. Or even cardiac rupture, where the heart is working so hard that muscles and the ventricular walls begin to tear. That would pretty much be a swift death. And that would lead to what? Heart failure. Heart failure. (laughs) But before they become loopy, they would be in excruciating pain, not only from the spikes and leg fractures. Pause. Game on. Game on. 
As the body weight pulls on the arms, the shoulders begin to separate from their sockets, pulling tendons, ligaments, and muscles apart. This could lengthen the arm sometimes several inches. So think of Stretch Armstrong, the popular toy most kids from the 80s had. But every time you play with him, he screamed in agony. (laughs) In addition to all of this, sometimes the Roman soldiers that were tasked with the duty of execution... Vomited and passed out? Yeah, probably. No. They would continue the torture, beating the person, stabbing them with spears or sometimes lighting fires under the cross, leading to either burns or asphyxiation from the smoke. Because it's too boring. They need to spruce it up a bit. Because they, they were tasked, they had to stay there until the person died. So sometimes they would do shit to have fun, or sometimes they would do shit to speed it up. Just kind of depended. Yeah, when they get bored, they do something different. We've really changed as a species, because nowadays it's like, Man, what if I just take the chili and the cheese I put on my hot dog and just put it on my burger? <gasps> yeah. Whereas Change back then, up. whereas back then they're like, ah, God, there he's fish and bread, fish and bread, fish and bread. Yeah, it was like ah, crucifixion. What are we gonna do now, Earl? Earliest. <clears throat> there, you feel better? Yeah. I like I don't know. Let's just start hitting them. <laughs> Why? Why the fuck not? What else are we doing? <laughs> You got a spear? No. It's in the shop. I don't know why it would be in the shop. It's in the shop. Oh. You got the stick that held the spear? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got it right here. Let's just hit them with it. Okay. <laughs> Cut to us. Let's freeze the yogurt and call it Froyo. <laughs> We're doing great things. Yeah. We advanced so much. I just compared crucifixion to Froyo. Froyo. Bro-yo. Take that world. Take that world of podcasting. <laughs> Somebody else do that shit. <laughs> now, Billy, that's not being very responsible as a podcast host. I know. Quite clearly. <laughs> now, imagine being a spectator to all of this. No, I don't want to be. <laughs> a bloodied person with festering whip marks and shattered and disfigured legs sagging on a cross with arms stretched to disturbing lengths. I don't think I'd want to break the law after seeing that. True. And a part of me thinks that maybe public execution should be brought back. It would be a good deterrent. But at the same time, I don't understand. Like the Old West, for for instance, like there's a hanging and the whole town shows up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Victims, families. Yeah. Lawyers. Yeah. Cops, sheriffs, whatever. Deputies. Yeah. Family of the condemned. Sure. But, you know, Karen... No. Like, oh, where are you off to? Oh, I'm going to the town squares, public execution. Why are you going? Oh, I'm generally fucked in the head. Like, why would you just want to go and see that? Yeah. Now, if the condemned wasn't lucky enough to have their legs shattered, leading to a fairly quick unconsciousness and death from asphyxiation. Hard day. Then they had a long road ahead of them. <laughs> God damn Like I mentioned before, they usually had open wounds from the scourging. And that wood for the gibbet wasn't any smoother than it was when they carried the beam through town. As the body sags, or the person tries to change position, those splinters are digging deeper into the wounds. Like laying right up against it. And it's just sagging, and there's splinters of wood digging deeper and deeper into your skin. You know, I'm not trying to put myself in their shoes. I remember this one time I got a splinter. <laughs> <laughs> was I with you? Were we together? Or I don't know. Was it in Texas? It's a splinter. Like, I'm going to remember if you got a fucking oh, no, no, splinter. No, 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 no. It was, a, it was a chunk of wood that stuck out of my skin at a park. There was like a barbecue. Like, uh, our platoon went and had a barbecue. can't remember if I was with you or if you were in college and I was in Texas. But you know how the, the, the park benches, picnic mm-hmm. tables... One of them had like a big chunk of, like, it's still in the shape. Like, if you blink, you'll miss it. But it's a big chunk of spiked wood just hanging there. And I walked, like, I walked around somebody. I was like, oh, excuse me. And my my right leg went right, slid right up against there. And it, it went into the jeans and went into my skin. And it was one of those things where it's like, it hurt. But I'm looking at it like, oh, my God. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. It, it, it broke off and stuff. So I have like an inch worth of wood in me and like three inches sticking out. Yeah. Remember, this, uh, it made me think of Ace Ventura Pet Detective Part 2. And he caught this, this spear in the legs and he's like, ah! <laughs> ah! Yeah. And I had to like do it like I was in a horror movie getting a knife at me. I was like, Kirkpatrick! And I pulled it out. And I was like, oh my God. I like dropped it. Like, oh my God. I turned out, I mean, it turned out fine, clearly, but still. Yeah, was... you're still alive to tell the tale. These people weren't. Splinters are a bitch. Yeah. That's the one part I can relate to a person crucified. Splinters suck, bro. Yeah. So, aside from, you know, they've been whipped and they've been spiked and scourged and now they've got splinters digging into their back. I'm going to go out on a limb and say flies were probably around back in these days. The flies would be attracted to the wounds and would probably lay eggs, swiftly leading to maggot infestation in the wounds, because it only takes 24 hours for fly eggs to hatch. How long? 24 hours. So in 24, within 24 hours you have maggots? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Once they lay their eggs, 24 hours. No shit. Yeah. And if being up on that cross took several days... You probably had some maggot-infested wounds wriggling around. Yuck. Yeah. A little gross. The wounds themselves would probably become infected pretty quickly as well. Yeah, a bit. And these infections could easily make it into the bloodstream, leading to sepsis. And I'm sure we've talked about sepsis several times on the show, but if you haven't listened to previous episodes, sepsis is a response after an infection where the body's chemicals get out of balance while it's trying to fight the infection. And it quickly begins damaging tissues and organs and can lead to septic shock and rapid death as the blood pressure drops. Heart failure. (laughs) But there are still other ways to die besides suffocating or infection. God, you're a fucking ray of sunshine. If the whippings were bad enough, then there would be a great loss of blood. Oftentimes the soldiers would use, as you mentioned earlier... A nine-tailed whip with pieces of metal or sharpened bone fragments on the end. These would dig into the skin with each blow and then rip skin and sometimes muscle away from the body as the soldier would pull the whip back. These condemned people would often have such rapid blood loss that they would go into hypovolemic shock. Yeah, because when I, when I saw it, like it was, you know how when you whip, the whole part of the whip is to pull back on it to make the end of it snap. And then they nay nay. What? And then they nay nay. Oh, got it. <laughs> but like cat and nine tails, is they take it, the ones that have hooks and barbs and shit at the end, mm-hmm. is they they hit you and they let it stick and then they pull back mm-hmm. to rip off. They don't do a whip whoosh, thing. It's mm-hmm. like a boom rip. Yep. And exactly. That's no good. Yeah. So the lack of blood in the body causes blood pressure to drop. And there is less oxygen moving through the body to its tissues. It's pretty much multiple organs shut down after this because the organs don't have enough oxygen to function. Which leads to shock, right? That's what I was just talking about with shock. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're in shock and it's leading to organ failure. Yeah. So after you said a while, it leads to shock. Well, I'm saying so after a while it just, it just doesn't hurt anymore because you're in fucking shock and you're done. Yeah, but all of your organs shutting down would be pretty painful, I would imagine. And there's always good old exposure and dehydration. The body can go a few days without water. And if they've already lost a lot of blood, that would hasten the dehydration. This would give them severe cotton mouth, which is really the worst part of everything, right? It's a bitch. Yeah. You know, it's like like when you get... When you injure your pinky and you gotta put a band on it and you can't use your pinky, you're like, you miss all the times you could use your pinky. When you have cotton mouth, you really miss all the times you had water. Yeah. Like, man, I really had a good back when I had water. Yeah, they would become lethargic, confused, dizzy, and could even have seizures. Now, a seizing, bloody, disfigured person pinned to a piece of wood reminds me of something you would see in Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. I'm not wrong. <laughs> this, of course, would lead to death, but only after a few days. And thinking along the vein of dehydration, I was thinking about how you would have decreased urine output if you were dehydrated. And then I thought, these people are already naked and exposed for humiliation. 
And then they have to urinate and probably defecate at some point down their legs in front of everyone. At that point, I wouldn't care. Yeah, but I still really would not want to break the law there. Yep. Once the condemned person finally died, they were left to decay on the cross, food for scavengers. And I bet Rome smelled lovely. You do? I think it smelled like shit. (laughs) Because of the crucifixions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And the rotting. Yeah. Yeah. And the murders of crows. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maggots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that we've covered the Roman crucifixions, let's talk about some other societies and how they get down with pin the person on the stick. So, crucifixion was done in Japan starting in the mid-1400s during the Sengoku period and is known as Heretsuke. Oh. My God. What? The what period? Sugoku? Sengoku period. That's the same period as fucking Sekiro. It's a game that's making you mad. Sekiro is bullshit. Billy bought a new game. And it's really hard. It's not that it's hard. If it's hard, you can beat a hard game. There's too much work involved. And it's not me being lazy. It's the mere fact that when I play a video game, I compare it to reading a really good novel. Whereas, it's an escape. It's an escape from your shitty fucking life to go do something fun. I shouldn't have to feel like I'm clocking in the fucking work to play a fucking video game. That is not fair. And it's not just me. Google Sekiro sucks. You'll see a lot. I mean, the mere fact that they dropped the price down 20 bucks on that video game shows that nobody wants to fucking play this game. Even the guy at Walmart, when I bought the game, asked me, he was like, are you sure you want this? And I should have fucking known. I was like, yeah, it's a fucking ninja game. Yeah, I'm going to play it. He was like, all right. He said, you're going to die a lot. And I was like, man, this guy don't know me. He knew me better than I knew me. Because I'm the only guy I know that that died during a fucking tutorial. How do you die during a tutorial? <laughs> they're supposed to be the easiest people to fight because they're telling you. They'll, they, they pause the screen. And they're like, use this to strike. He's basically a dummy with a sword that you're supposed to learn how to strike. He cut me down. And I'm like, okay, prison rules. I see. Half hour later, I already died like 10 fucking times. Demon. And also, if you die too much in this game, it causes a plague that makes everybody sick. Then you have to find a cure for the plague. Now imagine having to do all that shit and having, quote unquote, fun. Fuck that. You just weren't looking at fun like Romans looked at fun. I guess. That's why I bought Little Big Planet. Remember me playing yesterday? Mm-hmm. I had a smile on my face. I was like, "Yeah, hey, this is fun. Look at him go. <laughs> Little sad guy, he's cute as shit. <laughs> Ain't nobody got swords here. <laughs> okay, so back Fuck's- to Japan in the Sengoku period. Fuck Sekiro, seriously. Fuck Sekiro. <laughs> it's thought to have been introduced when Christianity came into the region. Oh, like missionaries? Maybe. I mean, I guess really all you would have to do is read the Bible. It would, you'd learn up on it. I mean, if you were from a, I mean, if you're a foreign, if you don't know anything about Christianity, if you're Buddhist or, 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 um, oh God, what's their religion? Shinto or Buddhist. And you read this, you're like, what is this? They nailed him to a what? I'm sure the stories are quite fantastical as. Really? Japanese. All it would take is like a Japanese farmer to go to a missionary and see the church and be like, what's that thing on top of it? What's that all about? It would sound a lot different. I found that out in the game Sekiro. Um, when they speak, they're very angry. <laughs> I guess the Japanese language is very angry. Um, like, for instance, hey, what's that T-shaped thing on top of your building? Whatever could that mean? Is that possibly a symbol of your beliefs? Well, in Japan... They'd go, that's what they would say. And you'd be like, oh my God, (laughs) dial it back. You know, like, what do you say? Um, He wants thin mints. Like, it's just, it's an aggressive, it's it's just a a very powerful, aggressive language. Yeah. 
Well, in the book Capital Punishment in Japan, 101, author <laughs> Petra Schmidt wrote, execution by crucifixion included, first of all, hikimasa, hikimawashi, hikimawashi. It's, it's pronounced hickory smoked. Oh, first of all, hickory smoked, i.e. being <laughs> paraded about town on horseback. Oh, hickory smoked's un- weird. Yeah. Then the unfortunate was pretty good word for it, unfortunate. The unfortunate was tied to a cross made from one vertical and two horizontal poles. I like that. The cross was raised. The convict speared several times from two sides and eventually killed with a final thrust through the throat. The corpse was left on the cross for three days. If one condemned to crucifixion died in prison, his body was pickled and the punishment executed on the dead body. I want to know how you pickle a person. I think you could pickle anything so long as you have salt, salt, sugar, and vinegar. Well, they would pickle them and throw their body up there. Why pickle them, though? I don't know. Does something pickle not decay as quick as... I kind of want to get a cucumber in a pickle and just pin them to a tree. Not to execute them. (laughs) You're going to crucify a cucumber in a pickle? (laughs) Pickle Rick! (laughs) Yeah, but just to see which one, like, decays first. I don't know. Why would you pick... What would be the point of pickling them? There's a point to it. I don't know. I wonder if that preserves them. Under Toyotomi Hideyoshi. Bless you. No, thank you. One of the great 16th century unifiers, crucifixion upside down, i.e. Sakas... Oh, oh, this is a tough one. Sakasaharitsuki was frequently used. (laughs) I did it. (laughs) Water crucifixion. Mizuharitsuki Awaited mostly Christians. A cross was raised at low tide. When the high tide came, the convict was submerged underwater up to the head, prolonging death for many days. 26 Christian martyrs were crucified in Nagasaki in 1597, marking the beginning of persecution of Christianity in Japan, which wasn't decriminalized until 1871, almost 300 years later. Man... That would suck to get rid of Christianity in Japan by means of crucifixion. That's fucked up. (laughs) Japan used crucifixion as a form of punishment for prisoners of war during World War II. One Australian POW named Ringer Edwards survived 63 hours on the gibbet before being let down. His crime? Killing cattle. Not even people. Just killing a cow. So, uh, if you do a Google image search for Japanese crucifixion, the very first picture shows how crucifixion was actually done with the two crossbeams and the person tied to them with all extremities stretched out so you can kind of get a better picture of it. It looks to me like an authentic picture, so just heads up. But you can find that on Google search. Now, according to Islam... The Quran provides crucifixion as a scripturally prescribed punishment in 5 verse 3-3. The punishment of those who wage war against Allah and his apostle and strive with might and main for mischief through the land is execution or crucifixion or the cutting off of hands and feet from opposite sides or exile from the land. That is their disgrace in this world and a heavy punishment is theirs in the hereafter. In Islamic regions... They would either expose the condemned's body on a gibbet after another method of execution, crucify them alive but execute them using a lance, or crucify them alive and spare the condemned's life if he survived for three days. Generally, crucifixion was limited to three days, but political and religious opponents' bodies were commonly exposed for longer periods. I get it, though, like three days. If you can make it three days, damn it, let him down. Yeah. You know he's not going to walk right again. <laughs> or talk right, or be right, or yeah. you know, you know, you know, she's gonna have a horrible disposition about herself. So fucking, if if she makes it three days, you know what? Good on you. I couldn't do it. Can you imagine if it was like a seven year old kid made it three days? I was like, let him down. He's a fucking warrior. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> let down our new king. <laughs> Well, several people have been executed by crucifixion in Saudi Arabia up into the 2000s, though many are crucified after execution by another method, such as beheading. In Sudan, crucifixion following execution is allowed as well. Yeah, Saudi Arabia, they really do like to lob heads off. They do. 
That's like a good thing. And crucifixion is still a legal punishment in the United Arab Emirates, so don't break the law there. Or anywhere under Islamic law, they take that shit seriously, cutting off hands and feet and beheading people. Or, crazy thought, just don't break the law, period. <laughs> so yeah, there are still places where you can go in this world where technically they can crucify you. So watch out for that. And that's all you could have ever wanted to know about crucifixion. It hurt. And it sucked. Yeah. A lot. Asphyxiation. Maggots. Splinters. Turning your heels into a hinge. Yep. Um, shattered kneecaps and thighs and shin bones. Stabbed. And don't forget the cotton mouth. And worst of all, cotton mouth. Yeah. Oh, and um, crucified bit basically at sea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Upside down. Yep. X formation. Mm-hmm. Um, splinters. I said that. Oh, okay. Well, again. Yeah. Splinters. splinters. Um, you really don't appreciate your body weight at that point. You yeah. don't. You don't like it. Um, odds are you're not a fan of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and you're naked and. Urinating and defecating in front of everyone with a bloody, open, oozing back. Yeah, yeah. Um, Saudi Arabia, they'll just cut your fucking head off and then do all that. Yeah. Um, and uh, that about sums it up. <laughs> yeah. All right. I hope you liked the episode. Good talk. <laughs> If you did like the episode, please get on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review. This is one of the best ways to help us. It lets people know that lots of weirdos have listened and like it. And maybe the weirdo reading the review will give us a chance and like it too. And please check out the other great podcasts on the Murder League Network when you have some time and show them some love. You can find all of us at murder.ly on the interwebs. If you would like to be a real baller and financially support the show, please go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash martinis the macabre and make a pledge. Even a $1 pledge gets you access to our patron-only audio each month and a shout-out on the show. And for just a few dollars more, you can get some exclusive goodies. And once again, thank you to our patrons, Amy and Kirsten, our ballers, yo, Amelia, Bonnie, Bridget, Chelsea, Christina, Cooper, Corina, Corey, Deborah, one of our new ones that recently reached out to us. Thank Hi, you. Deborah. Donald, Dylan, Belfast Grace, Hunter, Jennifer, Kate, Christy, Kristen, Lady Danger, Marie Maxime, Molly W., Monica, Stephen, and Sue. You awesome snuggle bunnies have our undying love, and I'm so happy to see this list growing. And you can now make a one-time donation in the amount of your choosing via our PayPal link on our website, martinisandthemacabre.com. It's near the bottom of the homepage. And thank you to Caroline for your PayPal donation. We hope you don't get TB either. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Martinis and the Macabre and on Twitter at Martini underscore Macabre. Be sure to join our fan page on Facebook as well at Friends Who Like Martinis and the Macabre. We love interacting with you guys. Feel free to post whatever you like on the pages and to share our post because sharing our pages, posts, and tweets helps to get the word out, helps us grow organically, so feel free to share away. TB, that's tuberculosis, isn't it? Yes. If you get tuberculosis and you happen to die from tuberculosis, uh, you have no choice. It is the law of the universe. You will come back as a Victorian ghost. Sweet. Usually a Victorian girl who fell down a well. And you didn't even know you did. But you had tuberculosis, tuberculosis and you died, so you did. <laughs> Visit our website, martinisandthemacabre.com, to learn a little bit about us, listen to our complete episode catalog, or to listen to all of the songs created by Minimus Noah that we use at the end of each episode. Who's working on a new album? Yes, keep listening because another one will be at the end of this episode. He has actually sent me a new one. And be sure to find his first official album release called Views on iTunes, Spotify, and many other music providers. And like Billy said, he just informed me the other day that he's about 75% finished with his next album, so hopefully it will be out soon. I would think sometime this summer. For any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, shoot us an email at martinisandthemacabre at gmail.com, or you can use the contact page on the website. And uh, one of our patrons, Kate, is uh, going through a hard time. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, that's her. That's her business. It's her, you know... Just want to let her know that our hearts are going out to her. 
and um, we love her and like she always says you matter exactly we love you Kate love you alright guys once again thanks so much for listening stay safe snuggle bunnies and we'll see you in two weeks bye bye
cut to us. Let's freeze the yogurt and call it Froyo. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great things.